Okay, here we are. Good afternoon, wherever you are. It's good afternoon here. Um, my name's Scott Dick, and uh, my co-commentator is here today on the National Series for the past too many years. That's yep. Rich Eames. So welcome, Rich, to BMX in the Shed. Um, you're even though you're actually in the shed at the minute, Scott. Even though we're not in a shed, I'm working way up to that, even though when I go around to Jeff, he's definitely in the shed. So yeah. it's it's um it's a good place to start. But um this is our first video podcast, which will be going out on YouTube. And if you do the usual stuff, hit the subscribe button and we'll try and get a few more people. Hopefully I can do more podcasts with you, Rich. Uh, yeah, in, sure, yeah. in the near future, especially with the, the season upon us here in the country, even though it's a shortened version. Um, I'm sure we can still have a lot of fun and there'll be a lot to talk about. But um, I suppose really what we should do is give people a little bit of background because not everyone watching this will know us. And and um, as I said before, Rich and myself have commentated on the National Series for a long time. I can't even remember it's been that long. And uh, Rich has pretty much been there beside, my, beside me and co-commentating so um how did you first start rich how did you get into it um with the commentary it's a bit of a a bit of a tale obviously you'll remember scott the mm. the old couple grands race yeah from yeah. where and all the fun that that used to entail yeah. um my first kind of memory of doing commentary was kind of one of those races where Whoever was doing the national commentary, I think, had, had gone home on the Sunday night and, and they needed somebody for the Monday to do the couple grands. And yours truly stepped up and did it and actually quite enjoyed it. And that turned into doing club races, which turned into doing regionals, which turned into doing nationals, which turned into doing everything else. So that one, I suppose it's like many things, isn't it? You kind of do it once, you put your hand up and go, yeah, I'll do that. And then... 20 odd years later, you're still at it and you're doing it at the highest level. It's 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 mad. If I'd have known then, you know, how far it could actually have possibly taken me, I think it might have scared me off. But yeah, it's just been such a journey. And I know that's very cliche, but yeah, it's been such a journey. I really enjoyed it. And and yeah, it all started at, you know, mid-lengths doing the couple grands. And um, I mean, we've been kind of stood side by side at the side of a BMX track for 20 odd years now just doing what we do it's kind of it just morphed into like it was almost talk radio I think at one point you know the fact that we would like start commentating then we'd like you know disappear off on a tangent somewhere and we'll be talking about something really random and just generally just us two sat there chatting having a laugh and and then obviously we do get serious about it at you know certain points during the day but certainly during the motors it's it's more of a you know Two of us sat around having a pint in a pub. It's 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 quite relaxed, but yeah, it's been brilliant. I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed every single minute of it, and you know, it's kept me in BMX long after my racing days have ended. I mean, I haven't raced the nationals since two thousand and six, and we're now in two thousand and twenty three, and I'm still involved. And I've been to you know practically every national since like I don't know. I think I started sometime in the mid nineties, and and you know, I've barely missed a race since. So. It's been good. It's been really good. And, you know, like I said, part of that's been, you know, standing alongside you. And and I think we've kind of just 
worked together really well across that period and and been able to you know bring something that not only has brought value to the sport but I think you know riders and families in general have enjoyed it yeah I think you're right I, I think people you know we got a lot of nice comments over the years probably get a few bad ones as well but on the whole it's pretty pretty nice that people do uh, let us know um that we're doing an okay job and We've had a lot of fun, as you say. I mean, it, it, it's very hard to put into words, I think, what has actually happened over those years and what, what has been achieved. I think you touched on part of it was the, the fact is bringing value to the series. And I think people, you know, got used to us commentating and, you know, even with Neil Stewart jumping in now and again. And, 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 it, and it creates that, that atmosphere and I think I think we've achieved that and I think um I think the sport has been a better place for that as well as the sport you know elevating itself over the years anyway but I mean more more I, I want to talk more about you because obviously you've taken it to another level and you've traveled the world you're on the UCI circuit now and and you've done Olympics, World Championship, you've basically done it all. Um, and is that is that changed? Has that changed things for you? Or I mean, I take it you you, you have to be quite professional about this now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> some things have changed and some things have stayed the same. I mean, don't get me wrong, I am like the luckiest guy in the world with the job that I've got in terms of, you know, like you said, I've been pretty much all over the world, um, places I would never, ever have been to without BMX. There's there's no way I'd have gone to, like, Baku or Santiago del Estero or, you know, Bathurst in Australia if it hadn't, hadn't have been for BMX. And, yeah. you know, I've been, like I say, incredibly fortunate, incredibly fortunate to kind of have those opportunities afforded to me. And mm. one thing I do do when I go to these races, I always try and take, like, five or 10 minutes to just sit and soak it all in because, you know, I always think to myself, if this is the last one I ever do, will I be proud of A, what I've done, B, mm. the places I've been, you know, what I've achieved and that kind of stuff. And am I actually taking it on board and not taking it for granted? So I always take the time to try and sit there and and and, and really, really soak it in. Mm. Um, you know, and it's it's opened so many doors for me like I said I've created so many relationships with riders with coaches with people within the industry and that kind of stuff but I always strive as well as as part of what I do to just I consider myself an ambassador for the sport you know what I mean I've got to leave when I do eventually leave BMX and I hope that's not for a long time to come when I do leave the sport I've got to leave the sport in a better place than I found it and I think my way of doing that is to just do the best job I can possibly do with the commentary and make the sport from an audiovisual standpoint, make it something where, you know, people just think, you know, I want people to be stoked on the racing, but I also want my commentary to be a, uh, like a, a massive part of that. And it's not even like just at the, you know, the UCI, the world, the Olympic level, whatever it might be. It's it's at every level, you know. I, I still do commentary at club races on, you know, on a Sunday at Coppel. I'm five minutes from Midlands. It's near my front door, and 
I was there last Sunday and I did I did a club race for like 35 riders and they get the same level of passion and enthusiasm than you know than a, a gate of elites get for you know a UCI World Cup and that's part of for me it's part of being a good commentator it's being able to you know put that level of enthusiasm in no matter what the level of race because I mean you don't know or I don't know I could do like commentary on a you know, a national final and some kid who's like 11 or 12 might only ever win one national in his entire life. And it might be my voice that's on the back of it. And his mum and dad might play the video back when he's 21 years old at his 21st birthday party. And I want people to go, bloody hell, that commentary was good. So for me, I find it, you know, almost like the most important thing that whenever I'm doing commentary, you know, it's got to be at a level where it, it, it means something to like the people who hear it and I get a lot of comments from parents and that kind of thing where you know they'll come up to me and they'll go like my lad or my girl you know knows your commentary off by arts you know we we can he can recite xyz from X, abc race whatever it might be and and if you're making that level of impact on somebody and and you know you've got like 12 year old kids like literally learning what you say word for word it's 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 mad but at the same time, it proves that you're doing a good job. And like I say, I want I want every bit of commentary that I do, no matter what the level, to be the best it can possibly be. And I take that responsibility really seriously. It's not just I fart around at club races. Well, I do fart around a little bit, but I have a bit of a laugh with it and enjoy it. But it's to me, the level's got to be exactly the same at that level as it is at World Cup level. And you shouldn't really be able to tell the two apart if the untrained ear came and listened to it. And and that's what I try and do. I just try and make it the best it can possibly be. Uh, yeah, and I, I think you've, uh, you definitely do. I mean, I, 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 the amount of work and your knowledge, I find, is mind-blowing. I mean, it, I mean, Stato is, of BMX is, is the, I don't know, you just seem to pull it out of everywhere, but you, that doesn't, get pulled out of everywhere. You you do your homework. You know, you must watch a zillion videos. And you know, I could never do that. I mean, you know and I know that a lot of the time we're winging it, but I think in your case, you're not. You're you're you do your own work, you know your riders, and I and I think that's honorable that you you do that because it it it, it shows in how you present yourself, and um, and I think that's obviously put you in good stead to get you these gigs, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, um, and part of my preparation for, you know, the World Championships or a UCI World Cup, something like that, is I do actually sit and I go through the stats and I, and, you know, and I look at the UCI website and I find, you know, a lot of detail online and I've got it all noted down in a book. I've got all the previous year's results, I've got like bits on each rider. I've got yeah. a list of World Cup winners. Um, I put work in before yeah. I actually get on air. I don't just get on and fire it out machine gun style. You can, I'm you can, you can tell. Preparing and, and doing what needs to be done because, you know, people can tell if you've not done your preparation. People can tell if you've not done the work that needs to be done. And a lot of it is in my head and, and I do know a lot of it off by heart. But yeah. I pride myself on actually sitting there and putting the work in before I'm because then I'm comfortable knowing that 
I've done it. Yeah. And I think that's incredibly important. And plus, it does get me out of a jam every now and again as well. You know, it mm-hmm. does, um, you know, if I'm stuck for something to say, which is very rare, I know, but, um, <laughs> you know, if I'm stuck for a little bit of trivia or something like that, I can always pull something out of the bag. So when I'm sat there at, uh, you know, UCI World Cup, you know, you can you can guarantee that I've got my little book open and I'm pulling little little bits of information out as the races are going along. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I put a huge amount of work into it, and and like you say, I think it shows in the, you know, in the level of of what we do. I mean, occasionally I'll get a statistic wrong or something like that, and you know, it's it's most people won't realise. Fortunately, not deliberate, but ninety nine point nine percent of the time. Yeah. You know, we're pretty much bang on the button, and I think people appreciate it. And I know the riders appreciate it as well, because yeah. yeah. um, I've had DMs off them to that, yeah. uh, like, you know, to that. Yeah, I think as well. that's right. I mean, move on a little bit. I know a question I'd like to ask you, and it, 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 how now that you're, you're doing more commentary, for want of a better word, in a box and yeah. stuff like that when you're doing live live recordings... How how much more have you found that a lot more difficult than being alive on track, or how does that how does it work for you? Um, when like like last year's World Cup commentary, you know, we did remotely, and and you know, you're in a little studio and you've got a screen in front of you and that kind of stuff, and it does kind of not take away a little bit, but it changes the the way that you approach the commentary because you're not the on site actually doing. You know yeah. the, the you're not the with the riders and and that kind of thing. So it does change you up a little bit because when you are at a race, like say when I'm at World Championships, you can walk around the pitch, you can talk to people, you can get an idea of how people are feeling, what's going on. You can talk to coaches, you pick up bits of information and 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 things of that nature that you don't pick up when you're doing your commentary remotely. Mm-hmm. But I, kind of like the first five or ten minutes can be a little bit for me find myself a little bit just on edge, not on edge to the point where it takes away from what I'm doing, but you can definitely feel the adrenaline pumping mm. and then five or 10 minutes in and it's just like a normal race. The only thing I've had to find, I've found is I've really got to focus and concentrate on what's on the screen in front of me only because there are certain things that you could miss only because, you know, you, you like I say, you're watching it on yeah. a screen. I don't have the option. Like when I'm at the world's, when I was in Nantes, half of it was done off the screen, and then the next thing you know, I just stood up, looked out the window, and did the commentary out of the commentary box window. So I've got the opportunity to kind of go both yeah. ways with it. Whereas if I'm, you know, if I'm sat in a studio, then I've only got one option. So it does change it a little bit, but it doesn't change it too much. But the good part is people can't tell. So yeah, as long as I'm doing the job to a, a really decent standard, I'm quite happy. Yeah, I mean, so. As regards the lot, what what obviously you can realise that me personally, the live on track stuff is more my bag, and and because I I sort of hate to use the word I vibe off that as we do and you do as well and anyone any any other commentator, and and we do it it brings our level I find it brings my level up as as the day goes on and especially as we get closer to finals. Um, and that's kind of where I react, and I think we all do. Um, is can you still get that if you're working in the studio? Do you feel that? Um, 
Yeah, you can. What I've found, if I do like anything in in like studio based, I've found that I've actually got to almost temper myself a little bit and mm. be clearer and like more defined with what I'm saying and that kind of thing. I can't just go off on a tangent. I've got no. to be mindful of what's on the screen in front of me and what the viewer at home is actually seeing. So I really have to focus on what's going on. But also, I think that's made me more mindful of, A, what I'm saying, but also, B, the way I bring it across to people. Um, I've never found the transition between doing, like, on-track commentary and, and like, TV-related stuff. I've never really found it difficult to switch between the two because, like you said, when you stood at the side of the track and, and you know, you've got the finals coming up at the Brits or you've got the finals coming up at the Euros or whatever it might be, you do, you vibe off the crowd and you know you can get a little bit louder and a little bit more wild and mm-hmm. this, that and the other. But also when I'm sat in a, in a studio, I think to myself, right, okay, you, you've got to make this, like, relatable for Mr and Mrs Phillips from Preston. That's what was said to us at the, at the uh, Olympic Games. It was like pretend you've got you know Mr. and Mr. and Philip, Mr. and Mrs. Phillips from from Preston sat there, and you've got to bring the sport across in a, an exciting way, but also in a way that they can relate to. Yeah, so you've got to take the the super fan mindset out of it. Even though a lot yeah. of people who watch the broadcasts are fans of the sport, you've got to realise that then packages are then and broadcast in different places around the world and people watch them who are not BMXers. So you've got to be mindful of that all the time. So from what you're saying, it it really is very different because you're having to think about a a different kind of presentation in what you do uh, in the studio. um, But, okay, well, what... I mean, let's let's talk recently. So, doing that, doing the studio stuff. What do you think for last year was like? What was the most standout thing? Most standout race you did? Um, standout race of last year. Let's have a think. I mean, the World Championships are are, are always a standout. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's nothing but a good time. Um, you've got the combination of actually being at the side of the track, but also being in the booth as well. So you get the best mm-hmm. of both worlds. And as I've said on many occasions when I've done World Championship stuff, it's like it's BMX Christmas, you know. Yeah, it's Christmas for BMXers. And you doing it in France with the yeah, French crowd. Yeah, plus we were in France, mm. um, and you know that French crowd at Nantes was the best crowd I think I've, I've ever heard at a World Championships. They were. So loud, so enthusiastic, so passionate. Um, even practice, you know, a French rider went down that second straight and there were flags waving and all kinds and they were going absolutely berserk. Yeah, um, Mar Ryan was there and he, he he just said it was off the hook, you know, so. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, completely off the hook, yeah. yeah. Um, but in terms of actual, like, World Cup stuff, um, I think probably in the last sort of couple of years, I think, oh, God, let's have a think. Um, I mean, Colombia is good because it's South America again and you've got passionate fans and you've got people who are, you know, like never get to see the pros normally, you know, and the fact that the riders go out to South America and the tour goes out to South America and those fans, you know, get to see riders who they would only ever get maybe one or possibly two opportunities to see in a lifetime. Um, 
And I got a message from Pete Delewski last year when he was in Colombia to say that uh, he said that there were fans in the stands who were looking for me. Now, I don't know whether Pete was yanking my chain at that point. He might have just been winding me up. But uh, if he wasn't winding me up, and Pete, I hope you weren't, the fact that, you know, somebody in, you know, Bogota, Colombia knows who a bloke from Wigan is, who does a little bit of BMX commentary and kind of wants to meet you and get an autograph is just, just mind-blowing. So, so yeah, it, this, um, this power of the internet, the power of the internet and YouTube. Yeah, it's it's transcended uh, yeah. continents now. So, so yeah, it's good. You know, like I said, everything's got its pluses and its minuses, but you know, overall, just yeah, just having that opportunity is is the most phenomenal thing ever. And I'm yeah. extremely happy. Now we are we are lucky. Um, in that, uh, uh, and you know, it, as you say, sometimes you need to just kick back and think about that and take it all in, and because and, and not take it for granted. Um, I, I'll talk. I think I'll talk more in part two about the the the, the forthcoming season and the future of BMX, etc. But um, I think um, it's very hard for people to understand who don't commentate, I think sometimes how hard the job is of what we do. Um, yeah. I get a concept of, of what it is. I think, and I'm I'm not, you know, blowing around trumpet, a lot of it is because I think naturally we were able to do this. It's kind of a, you know, and it's not just because we can talk a lot, but the speed, as we've often so, sometimes spoken about, the speed of what we have to do going from one race to the next race and then and and to keep repeating, repeating it's it it it's not until you finish, finish you realise, wow, you know, that's like mental. You know? Yeah. I think people don't actually not that they don't grasp it. I think when you kind of get really deep into the woods of of what we actually do, like like I'll give an example. Me and you will do my commentary at a, at the Brits or a, a you know a national or whatever it might be, and we'll be in the semis or the quarters, and it's going you know one race to another race to another race to another race. So, for example, you'll be doing like semi final one, and I'll be doing semi final two. And while you're in the midst of semi final one, I'm not even watching the race that you're commentating on. I'm looking at the start hill at the next lap. And I've got my sheet and I go, right, I've got right a dirt, 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 dirt. And I, in, up here, I kind of work out who the probable top four might be, who'll be the people battling in fifth and sixth, where they might end up, roughly who's going to be first into the first turn and who the first three names are that I'll probably have to mention. And I've got all that up here before that gate even falls. And then it kind of breaks down as you get, as you finish, I start. And then I've already got a list of information in my head that I want to bring out. And that's all brought out before we get to the first turn. And then once the riders have gone around the first turn, then the race starts to almost unfold a little bit and you you kind of react into what's happening. But those reactions, that reaction speed and that ability to break it down on the fly, it, yeah, it's part being, I hate to use the word talented, but part being, a, a you know, naturally um, able to do that kind of thing. But also as well, the amount of laps that me and you have commentated on over the years, you do that much repetition of it, 
that it just almost becomes natural. So, I mean, God, if you tried to work out how many laps I've commentated on over the last, like, 20 years, I reckon it'd be well in excess of 100,000 laps. Yeah. You know, and you don't... <laughs> Yeah. When you see when you see the same thing again and again and again, you see things break down in in similar ways. Mm-hmm. You almost create shortcuts in your head, and that's what makes it so fluid. The fact that we've done it so many times, it's not just firing it off for the sake of firing it off. It, 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 there is a process to it, and I've mm-hmm. never actually physically sat and broken that process down. But now you mentioned it, that's probably what it is, and it's that's the way I do it. I'm looking. Why, like you're commentating, I'm looking at the next gate, and probably while I'm on, you're looking at the next gate. No, I'm not. I'm I'm thinking, am I going to make it? About the, <laughs> I'm in the, the toilet. That's. <laughs> am I going to last long enough? You know, to be able to not go to the toilet. That's my thing. But no, I mean, well, you do, but you, Joe. All jokes aside, you you that is exactly what happens. You've done it so long that that we we are looking at that with, but we. We're doing it subconsciously, almost. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 yeah. But it, 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 it's great fun, and and I think we get to experience being out on track. What a lot of parents and people who watching don't see. I mean, we if we're out on track and those semis, we physically feel those riders coming past us. We physically feel hear them and the sounds going around corners. Especially the elite yeah. juniors, so fast, and yeah. the squeals of the tires, and the, you know, you you and a lot of people don't get that, and that again, I think, vibes us subconsciously that that builds up our not that we need building up, um, but but it's all those little things that not everyone is aware of. That, that but it it's yeah, as you say, it's been a bit of a journey. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've you've probably got a lot more years left in you. I'm not sure about me, but uh, but um, yeah, no, it's good fun. I did Bournemouth uh, the other week for the Deep South series, and it, you know you have as much fun, and it, it, it's great no matter what. I'm saying that there was a lot of riders there, so um, 270 riders or whatever it was. Which yeah, is well, I mean the the kind of. This year's been a bit of an outlier in that we haven't had racing under the reef in Manchester over the winter. So mm. that's driven, that's had the effect of driving riders out to other races. Like you've been to the Deep South. Yeah. I've done all the rounds at Birmingham's Club Series. Yeah. You know, they've not had less than like 230 riders, I don't think, at any of those races. Yeah. And the vibe and the the the, the fun that people have had at those races this winter has been phenomenal. I mean, the, the level of competition has been literally almost the same as racing under the roof. I mean, you know, Nathaniel's ridden 11, 12-year-olds, and it's mm. it's literally been harder than racing at Nationals in that double yeah. age group. Yeah. Absolutely insane. But it's just been good to have. It's been – obviously, we would have preferred to have had racing under the roof, but that's not happened. But yeah. the, the, but it the, opens the, up other opportunities for other people, yeah, it's and, been, and, and it's great, as you say. Those, by the sounds of it, and our riders from our club at Hawks have been going to Birmingham. It's been it's fantastic for them. It's great, you know. It's a fantastic facility, and, and that's off to Birmingham. The, you know, and not, and also they're banking a bit of money. Yeah, you know, they're making yeah. a while the sun doesn't shine. In case. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, and and, and you're and 
as you say, you're hearing other stories like that, and it's great. I mean, you know, um, Manchester Indoor will have their time again, and people will go there no matter what. I see loads of people up there during half term this week, you know, so they'll, they'll, they'll time will come again. They got their national scheduled in for the end of the year by the looks of it, so um, yeah. It's it's all good, but it, yeah. it's good, and yeah. Again, we'll 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 talk about that in part two. But um, we're going to be let's end this bit, Rich. Um, part yeah. one, and then we'll uh, have a short toilet break, like we do at races, and have a coffee. <laughs> and I had a brief before we started. And cake. Where's the cake? Who's bringing Ooh, on cake? cake? Yeah, absolutely. Come on, send for cake. Do days, Scott, do you remember the days when people used to send cake up to commentary? Yeah, that, that seems to have not been a thing. Is it? Know. It's probably because I haven't been there as much. Yeah, but yeah. they like to feed me. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right, we'll see you guys back shortly. Take care.